It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. tuning in if you got anything you'd like to talk about again if you've been listening the past uh, few weeks that we've kind of changed things up a bit and everything is on the table everything's up for grabs we'll talk about just about anything so we're kind of we're focused on pro wrestling but if you want us to talk about something else by all means I'm thinking at this point just not abortion because that's really a hotbed topic I don't know if I want to venture down that road but anyway Maybe, maybe we'll go there. Who knows? Who knows where we go? But everything is on the table here. If you got a subject, you got anything you want to talk about, you want to talk WWE Money in the Bank, uh, give us a call, 347-838-9815. That is the number two call. As always, as, as new as the new and improved TKRS. TKRS. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Uh, continues to roll along, introducing my tag team partner, who is in studio, independent wrestling sensation, Rocky Santiago. Rocky, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good, Ken. As always, it's a pleasure to be here in the uh, studio, the Reedy, and uh, I am ready for another kick-ass Ken video. Lots of stuff to talk about tonight, and I'm excited, and uh you know, if you if you want to, again, we're we're trying this multimedia experience. Um, if you hop onto our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show, we got the Facebook Live going on over there. And every week we I start that about 15 minutes before the show, so you kind of get a little bit of a preview, a little a little personal touch. And then uh, we keep the the Facebook Live running throughout the show, so you can kind of have this multimedia experience, kind of watch the Facebook Live. And listen to the shows. There's a show on thekenreedyshow.com. You can listen to the show on blogtalkradio.com uh, slash thekenreedyshow. And uh, so, you Facebook livers, you've heard this already, but I'm going to mention it now on the air. Um, that, uh, again, the beard. And go, go on Facebook Live. If you haven't seen the beard, 
it's 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 something to behold. Um, but it, it's kind of polarizing. Some people in my life love the beard. Some people hate it. Um, it's quite the hobby. Again, this beard right here. There's blow drying, uh, beard butter, beard balm, uh, beard wash. There's a beard conditioner. There's lots of stuff that goes into maintaining this 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 piece of art right here. Um, that being said, uh, realizing that it is kind of polarizing, and some people are begging me to shave it, and uh, some people some people love it, but some people are begging me to shave it. So I'm putting it out there: the people who are begging me to shave it. Push your money where your mouth is. Because in real life, when I'm not doing this, I work with people with disabilities. Every year we do this big fundraiser, and we are selling raffle tickets. Uh, first prize is two tickets to any Broadway show and an autographed poster of the original cast of Frozen. Uh, second prize is an Apple Watch. Third prize is $250 uh, on Amazon. I believe it's $250. I'm trying to do this all by memory. Um, but anyway, it's uh, $5 a ticket. It's $20 for wait, five tickets. Okay, that's the deal. $20 for five tickets, $5 for one. And if I raise, if I'm able to sell $1,000 worth of raffle tickets, I will not only shave the beard, but I will shave the beard on the air. I will shave the beard. We'll have the Facebook Live set up, and we'll shave the beard on the air. So, um, right now, I'm about halfway there. Again, some friends came out of the woodwork and were like, thank God you're going to shave, and, like, just threw money at me. Um, <laughs> so, we're about halfway there. So, if I can get to $1,000. And, again, like, it, we're making a, it's going to be fun, uh, making it a fun thing, the beard. But, remember, money is going to help people with disabilities. So, it is going to a good cause. So, if you're, if you're looking at the beard and you're thinking, all right, I want to jump on board with this. Um, you can Venmo, uh, PayPal, just send me a message, Facebook comment, we'll figure it out, but I can, I'll lay out the money and then you can send me if you're uh, a distance away. If not, if you're in, if you're local, I'll meet up with you somewhere in Rockland County. So uh, that's how we'll do it. So again, a thousand dollars, if I raise a thousand dollars for people with disabilities, I will shave this magnificent beard. You, nice. got, you guys on Facebook live see before you. So, had to get that out of the way. Um, actually, you know, we've, we've kicked this off, and, and again, I, I like the fact that, um, you know, there are people out there that have messaged and enjoy the talk, so I figured might as well continue going with the, with the status and everything, but uh, I, am, I am currently training for uh, a bodybuilding competition, uh, doing a, a bodybuilding-type diet. Rocky's on board as well. Uh, so, as uh, you know, there are a lot of people in this country um, that are struggling with uh, – weight and fitness and uh you know sometimes it's just good to hear that someone else is kind of plugging away and, and going through the same struggle you're going through so uh it takes time it's a process uh stick to it but rocky how's it going with you uh it's going good ken I i'm happy to say that uh you know one thing that our trainer has pushed in our heads is you know don't pay too much attention to the scale we're not supposed to uh really look at it or go by it but I am happy to say that uh, despite that advice, I did look at the scale. Yeah, I did too. And uh, I have already dropped uh, around four pounds. Like, in the beginning of this, I put on, I actually put on weight, but now it seems to be coming off. And by our last measurements, it was obvious that I had lost some body fat. So I gained weight putting on some muscle, and I guess now the muscle is working because now I'm dropping weight. 
Yeah, it's good. So yeah, this week something kicked in. Like I, I lost a, a bunch of weight this week, so I'm, I'm I'm lower than I've been in quite some time. But you're right. It's it's you know whatever you know. I mean, the one thing I think that's great, and um, if you want information on on Warren, I'd be happy to share with you. Just shoot me a message, um, and I'll give you his information. Um, and he's not paying me to say this, but uh, but one of the things is like believe in the process, like trust the process, and um, those quick fixes, as much as they'll take weight off you, like you're going to put it back on. You're better off, you know, take a couple pounds off like every week. And then all of a sudden, like two, three pounds a week becomes like 10, 12 pounds in a month, which becomes like 30 pounds in, in a few months. And then all of a sudden it's, and then you're keeping that weight off. Um, you know, with Warren, there's no quick fixes. Uh, I never feel hungry. Um, you know, it's a lot of protein. It's a lot of, I shouldn't say it's a lot of protein. It's a lot of like just well balanced. Yeah. And, uh, you know, happy with it. So, uh, dropping weight, getting fit. If that's something you want to talk about or uh, you want some information, happy to share that information with you. Um, had a kick ass cheat yesterday. <laughs> it was also <laughs> yeah, we did. lots of real good barbecue yesterday. So, uh, that was good stuff. So, uh, Excited about that and also excited for the first time in forever. And if you like on Facebook Live, if you see me like adjust myself in the chair and wince, uh, it's because for the first time in quite some time, actually got back into the wrestling ring, um, which I was kind of excited about, you know, uh, despite what uh, my past experiences were in, in pro wrestling, <laughs> it can be fun. Can. Uh, you can actually have fun and learn and, and develop skills. And uh, it's a good time. So, uh, Got some bruises, got some shit. It was the funniest thing yesterday. I'm like shaving my, uh, I wonder if I still had it. I was shaving my head and I looked in the mirror. I'm like, oh shit, like my elbows are, actually it, it went away, <laughs> <laughs> which is a good thing. Um, so I'm just kind of sore, but you can, I don't know if you could see it, but I'm going to, I'm going to pick up the iPad. Oh. You got to go on Facebook live. Ah, oh. stream close up. Can you, hold on. I, I'm doing, it's really, it's really hard, but yeah, my, yeah, now I'm not in there. You're not in there, right? There we go. I'm I'm sporting a pretty good shiner on my arm. I don't know how the hell I did that. That's it's weird wrestling. Like you get like bruises where like wait how did I get that? Like I don't recall like doing anything that would bruise there. But uh, you know the back is sore. First time bumping in quite some time. Um, but I think fundamentally like the stuff that I learned, I still could kind of do. It wasn't like I got in the ring was like oh shit I forgot everything. Um, so excited and. Uh, Again, if you want details, both of us are going to be wrestling on a card uh, June 15th in the Rockland County area for uh, ECPW and um, in the town of Philburg. Yeah, and uh, Nunzio slash Little Guido will be wrestling on the card as well. So excited to be getting back into the squared circle and uh, doing my thing. But I had, a, I had a blast yesterday. Oh, yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, it, it is... Uh, in retrospect, it is kind of like riding a bike because I, I'll admit it. Uh, this was my second time getting in the ring after a long time. My first was uh, down uh, at uh, Ridgefield Park, and for some of the uh, members of Pro Wrestling Magic, are uh, are running a little training, uh, a little uh, weekly training get together type thing. And I gotta say, like stepping back into it after a long hiatus. It, it you, you do get kind of nervous. It's like, man, is my body going to remember how to do some of this stuff? But quite honestly, after a few goes, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, I do remember, you know, the, the muscle memory just kicks in. And it's just like, I do remember doing this stuff. I did it a lot. 
But unfortunately, what also kicked in is that next morning, the next morning pains going, oh, yeah, wrestling does make you sore the next day. Damn, that hurts. But you know what? It's for the love of the, love of the game. They, a lot of folks out there, they, they put their bodies on the line. They, they put their hides on the line. And sometimes you just can't explain why you're willing to take the, the bumps, the bruises. But I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I love it. Yeah, no, it was a blast. And uh, by the way, just putting it out there, thanks, Cousin Jen. Just uh, sold some more tickets. So uh, nice. she threw in $20 to uh, to the cause. So, again, helping people with disabilities. Um, good stuff. Um, you know, before I mean, we have money in the bank we got to talk about. And, uh, we're, we're, I mean, honestly, like everything with the show, like you can see on the it's warm in here. And I'm so excited the, the warm weather's back. But, geez, Thank I'm God. sweating my ass off in here. Um, and you guys from the Rockland, if you're from the Rockland area, I'm telling you, Brookside Tavern, in Valley Cottage, they they did up like the back of the bar, like so it's this nice outdoor area. Oh, it's it's awesome. We went there, had lunch today. It's dog friendly. Bought the brought the pup with us, hung out, had lunch, had a couple cocktails. Um, really cool place. Highly recommend. Thank God the weather's nice again, but it's warm as hell in the studio right now. Um, but we got money in the bank to talk about, but you know when it comes to wrestling and, and talking wrestling and everything. Uh, really sucks when like real life happens because uh you know wrestling is an escape um and don't get me started with uh fans especially current day wrestling fans because you shouldn't be sitting here worried about uh, you know when you've watched wrestling for like three decades you know maybe at that point like where we are at where you start to look at like oh i wonder where they're gonna go with this or I wonder like if you're like in your teens or 20s like just be a fucking fan just, just be a fan um yeah, don't get me started on that, but, uh, you know, getting back to what I was saying, um, you know, unfortunately, real life happens. Uh, I, I, You know, you watch wrestling as, as kind of an escape to, to get away with it, but to get away from reality. But, um, uh, you know, you, you get attached to characters, you get attached to the, the real guys. And uh, first off, um, you know, I'm still I'm still a Hogan guy. But, um, you know, if, you, if you're going to tell me that in your book, Ric Flair is the greatest of all time, I'm not going to argue with you. Um, had some health issues this, this week. So, uh, I, you know, all I can do here is uh, send well wishes. Uh, hope Nate again kicks out it too, because every time the Grim Reaper seems to come from, whether it's an illness, whether it's a goddamn plane accident, uh, Flair kicks out it too. So, um, but all the best to, to Ric Flair. Um, it, it was weird this week, like kind of sketchy details. TMZ broke the story. TMZ uh you know said flair rushed to the hospital very serious condition and then conrad his son-in-law uh was like oh it's just a routine thing that he knew it was coming um just decided to get it done sooner than later who knows like what exactly is going on but i know as far as this right here you know wishing flair the best no absolutely you know uh, folks I, you know we all know that you're a hogan guy hell i'm a hogan guy and you can always argue your, your Mount Rushmore of wrestling. But I, I would dare to say more often than not, in the Mount Rushmore of wrestling, Ric Flair is going to be one of those people in that, in that Mount Rushmore. And, you know, it's kind of annoying with, you know, present-day media has gotten in this head that, you know, I can understand, you know, we want to scoop the story. We want to be the first out there. But unfortunately, when you do that, you also run the risk of pushing, you know, details that may or may not be true. And then, 
and it seems like no one wants to issue a retraction. No one wants to correct themselves. Or I shouldn't say correct themselves. No one wants to apologize for pushing out, you know, misinformation. Because, you know, like you said, Ken, you had TMZ first report the story and it was serious. And then you have his, then you have Conrad saying what he said. I don't know if you came across it, Ken. When I read the story, there was actually some outlet out there. It must have been one internet, you know, dirt sheet that is so far out there because they actually reported like Ric Flair was brain dead. I, I did see that. And in all honesty, like my heart sank. And then I was like, fuck that. Like, let me like, and I, I went like scrolling and I'm like, if Ric Flair was brain dead, first of all, like, look, we, we do the show. I'm on Facebook a lot. Um, a lot of page, a lot of wrestling pages I follow, like that would have been everywhere on my feed. So the first thing, as soon as I saw it, heart sunk. But yeah. then I'm like frantically like scrolling through. I'm like, the same thing. all right, it's not getting posted anyplace else. Then immediately went to Google and was like, let me do a Ric Flair search because if Ric Flair is in fact brain dead, that's going to be the top story on Google. And all the stories were just, you know, Ric Flair hospitalized, Ric Flair hospitalized, procedure, Conrad, blah, 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 TMZ, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all right. But it's but you're right. And, you know, it's funny because you bring that up. And Joe Rogan brought up a great point. And, and I'm paraphrasing. But he's like, the thing is, like, number one, nobody wants to apologize. No one wants to do a retraction. But when they're forced to do a retraction, the retraction's in, like, teeny tiny print on, like, yeah, yeah. whether it's, like, in, in print media, you know, on page 10 in the corner somewhere, if it's on your website, it, it's like you got to scroll all the way down to see a retraction. Like, they should put a law in place that, like, if you, if you fuck something up that bad, that your punishment is, number, you're not allowed to print the news. And the only thing you can print is, we fucked up this story, got it 100% wrong, and we can't bring you information anymore because we screwed this up that bad. And, that's, and for a month, that's all you're allowed to do. Like, the New York Post, like, gets the story wrong. All, all at the front page of the Post just says, we fucked up, we got blah, 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 story wrong, and every single page just has to say, yep, we screwed up. Oh, and that's it. You're just not allowed to report the news for a solid month. Then, you, then they make sure they got the story right. Absolutely. And, you know, the one thing, that, the beauty of the Internet, and, you know, I... I one of the things that makes it so fascinating is the internet gave it gave voice to the voiceless. It gave your average everyday Joe a chance for his voice to be heard. And while on its surface is a good thing, on the other side of that coin, you realize that, you know what? Not everybody needs to open their mouth because otherwise they say some pretty dumb shit. Totally agree with you. And, and, you know, and honestly, like there's a lot of, you know, people just want to be the ones to break the story. Um, you know, you know, and there's out, out and out lies out there. And that's, and, and what's sad with that shit is that you don't realize what you do to people. I mean, it really, you know, for me, again, thinking like a logical human being, I read it, but there was that moment of like, you know, Oh yeah. Oh no. Like just no. And you know, he's one of those guys, you know, it's, it's, look, there's so many legends that are gone. There's, uh, only a few left. And, and, you know, when you look at like the flares and Hogan's of the world, like they're, they're kind of those last links to like that era, you know, and they're two of the greatest ever. Um, you know, those two seem to have outlast like most of their generation. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's, 
not going to be easy to handle when, when either one of them go. And, and when you saw that, it was just, oh, no. But then immediately, like, all right, let me, let me keep checking. But, you know, like, when, some, when, a, when a website, when a dirt sheet puts out – and honestly, we should put that dirt sheet on blast, and I wish I remembered, like, what it was. I just kind of dismissed it. But yeah, yeah. Um, to post something like that is so irresponsible because I guarantee you there are at least a few people in this country – that just saw that and, and were probably very upset by the news that just was, was false. And, um, you know, at this point we wish Flair all the best. Uh, we wish his family all the best. Uh, we hope that Nate is, is recovering and we see him again really soon, but um, it doesn't excuse how irresponsible some dirt sheets. I just, I just stop. Like, you know, it, like when I, I know it's not going to, but like, like to me, I'm just like, just stop. Like you don't need to print misinformation. If, if you really value yourself as, as a, journalist um you know then, then be a journalist and find the, the the correct story but it's uh it's just a shame that people look to uh oh how can i get a lot of hits and the thing is what yeah. sucks with that with that dirt sheet clickbait i'm sure they got sure. a ton of clicks on that article absolutely absolutely you know obviously drew you know drew me in drew you in you know because as you said to hear a legend that has done you know not only done it all in the business but just Evolve the business himself. You know, contributions. Uh, the the list goes on and on and on. And then you read something like, yeah, brain dead. It's like, oh, it's a it's a gut shot. Yeah, that that's, that's, that's shot. a great way to describe it. It's like you just got punched in the gut. Yeah, it's like, and especially for for us older older gentlemen, you know, it's it is a link to that wrestling past. It's you know. We remember Flair when he was in his prime and when he was just cranking it out. And then to read something like that, you, you kind of wish you could you could reach through that freaking screen and just punch yeah. the guy who freaking posted that. But like I said, like the punishment should be like much more severe. Like if you're, you're gonna you're, if you're gonna spread misinformation, then there should be a fairly severe punishment for putting that out there. It's just it's really and honestly, as far as my Mount Rushmore, he is on there. My my Mount Rushmore, and it's funny because. People are always changing their Mount Rushmore, and to me, if you really think it, it's a it's it's a mountain. You you, yeah. you carve shit out of the side of a mountain, like the real Mount Rushmore. That's what it is. So it's not like people can look at Mount Rushmore now and say, "Oh, wait a second, I like Obama." No, they're not going to re-chisel the goddamn mountain. Like it is what it is. So when I decided my Mount Rushmore, that's it. That's my Mount Rushmore. I I respect the hell out of what John Cena's done in the business. He's not on there because you know what? He wasn't on there when this first, when people start saying, who's your Mount Rushmore? My Mount Rushmore is Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Bruno San Martino, and Andre the Giant. That's, that's fair. That, that's my Mount Rushmore. So if you, if you agree with me, cool. If you don't, piss off. <laughs> but, uh, no, who, I'm curious. Who are your four on your Mount Rushmore? I, I, honestly, I, I'd have to, I still have to think about that because Hogan's on, Hogan's on there. The Rock's on there. For like, oh, you put The Rock on there? I, I, me, I put The Rock on there. Uh, ooh, Hogan, Rock, Piper, and... You're running out of mountain. I know, right? <laughs> no, one more, you know, one more slot. Who do you slot in there? Uh, and Flair. Well, why, why, why am I... <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute here. <laughs> all, all this shit, I forgot for your player. For Christ's sake, someone hit me over the head. You know, Hogan, Flair, uh, you know, Hogan, Flair, Rock, and uh, who the hell did I just say? <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh, wait, it was Hogan, Flair, Rock, Piper. Piper, yeah. I'm forgetting Piper. Yeah, how um, you forget Piper? Yeah, 
<laughs> Here's my, I mean, honestly, Piper's one of my tough ones. Like, I, I, I don't put him on there. Um, but to me, like, Piper's the greatest talker of all time, which is where, like, when I think about who should be on the Mount Rushmore, I'm like, yeah, the greatest talker ever probably should be up there. But I, I just, you know, when I look at Andre and, and especially before the whole wrestling blew up, like, how big an attraction he was. And then as he was older and, and beat up and not being able to move and, and, and what he did for WrestleMania three and then and going back with what Bruno San Martino meant to the business and what he did in Madison yeah. Square Garden and um, you know, his was a nine year title run. Um, you know, those are the old school guys and, and growing up through Hulkamania. I mean, that's the thing that's funny with, with wrestling fans now. Like you can't the thing with wrestling is you gotta understand and, and it's funny as a fan that certain fans don't get it that you gotta you gotta watch the entire build when people like drive me crazy when you know millennial wrestling fans watch WrestleMania three and they're like Hogan Andre sucked and it's just kind of like first off fuck you yeah <laughs> secondly um, yeah you had to watch the months of build up before you like you have to see the whole story play out you don't take the wrestling and that's what's missing in today's wrestling like wrestling should be you're telling a story inside the ring and outside the ring. And then when, when you, you're telling such a great story that when the physicality comes, the physicality means something. That's why all that stuff, like Hogan and Andre didn't have to do a lot because they told such a great story before the match occurred. You, you don't understand that. You don't understand wrestling. Like that's pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is telling a great story. Some of the great, and we, I'm all over the place now, but some of the best storytelling I've seen in recent memory um, leading up to a match. And then in the squared circle was uh uh, Nick Aldis and, and Marty Skrull for the uh, NWA championship, which was great to see that that old school kind of feel, but no no crazy spots, no no crazy like I mean uh, Marty went through a table, um, but really nothing that was like oh my god I can't believe he's doing that like you know no flipty doos and, and it was just good storytelling, two people that were friends that now one's at the top of the mountain and the other wants to get there and the rivalry builds through there and then. And I love the, the pacing of the match and everything and the way they went through. I, I just thought it was brilliant. Like, that's, that's wrestling to me. Like, it doesn't need to. I appreciate the athleticism. You know, when I'm at WrestleMania and, you know, hell, like, uh, you know, Jeff Hardy is on the top of the ladder. And, like, I, yeah, I, of course, I stand up and I go, ooh, and I'm like, oh, my God. And, and you know, it's stuff like that happens. I mean, I'll be the first one to admit that I popped her in that stuff, but. As far as the, the art and, and the beauty of pro wrestling, like, I love when I see just, like, you know, the moves matter, the storytelling matters, and that's when people just look at yesteryear and they kind of poo-poo it. I'm like, you just don't get it. Like, the, 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 they were telling a story. It wasn't just about two big guys plodding around. It was everything that led up to, the, to that match, and that drives me crazy. Well, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, you use the Hardy Boys as an example and I think one thing, one advantage that the Hardys have, like you, you could look at the Hardys as a kind of a gateway to the style of wrestling that we have present day. But one, one advantage that the Hardys had was they had those old school uh, wrestlers still in the business, still there and, pro and in that mentor role that could probably guide them to make, you know, yes, Jeff Hardy can do amazing things, but if you watch a Jeff Hardy match, he pulls it out when it matters. He's yeah. not flipping around from bell to bell. He he does it when it matters, when it's a you know when it counts. And I think that's the advantage. Like this in this day and age, everyone is you know again 
all kudos to the athleticism that it takes to do some of those moves. You know, some of these guys can put Olympic gymnasts to shame, but that's not wrestling. That's gymnastics. If, if, you, if you're just flipping around bell to bell, it's exciting, but at least in my opinion, in my humble opinion, you just don't get it. Yeah, and it's interesting. You know, um, when I was interning with Busted Open, they had Hulk Hogan in studio. I was going back away when he was in TNA. And they asked him, like, you know, who in TNA does he enjoy watching? Who does he see as, like, a big star? And Hogan brought up Jeff Hardy. And Hogan said, because of the way he works. And I don't remember if it was Doug or Dave, but someone asked why, because of how quick he is. And Hogan said, no, it's how slow he works. He's like, and Hogan, and I, and I watched Jeff Hardy completely differently after I was, I was in studio for that interview because Hogan was, you know, Hogan said, if you really watch Jeff, he works slow and everything matters. And he can up the pace when it makes sense when it works, but he knows how to pull the pace back. He knows how to pump the brakes. He knows how to make the spots mean something. And when Hogan said that, I was like, holy cow, like that, that's, I never looked at Jeff like that. Not that I never look at Jeff like that, but I never looked at wrestling in general like that and how there are certain guys that are kind of those quote spot guys that, you know, it's just, oh, look at them. They're doing another flip. And then there are those guys who are spot guys that it means more. And Jeff is one of those guys that he can still tell a story with, with doing these crazy spots as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, we just went off on a tangent. <laughs> Start talking some old school. 307-838-9815 is the number to call if you want to talk pro wrestling. You want to talk about anything. All you guys uh, who are on the Facebook Live thread, thanks for tuning in. Again, if you're on the Facebook Live and you're listening to me, uh, you're, you're probably getting just half the experience. So you can listen to uh, the show on thekenreadyshow.com or you can listen to us on blogtalkradio.com slash thekenreadyshow. Um, so we're on there, on there, so you can hear uh, both sides of the conversation. But again, we're, we're trying to create a multimedia experience. Um, so another thing, as we talked about how, uh, as um, you know, we're talking about how real life happens, and uh, again, we went off on a tangent, and that's that's kind of what we do lately. Um, but very sad news this week that a uh, uh, former WWE superstar, yeah, at that point she was a diva, I think, the diva thing, but Ashley Massaro. Uh, passed away, apparently committing suicide, which is, is just horribly tragic. Um, you know, uh, talented, attractive, uh, fun uh, talent in the WWE. Um, someone who had a, a decent uh, decent run with the WWE, um, was part of a clash action lawsuit against the WWE, uh, citing uh, hiding injuries. Uh, concussions, all that stuff, and she was part of that big lawsuit um, and apparently suffered from depression. Um, you know, just a really sad, sad story. Um, so obviously for us here, um, thoughts, condolences to the family and friends of, of Ashley, but just, uh, you know, it's horrible when you hear the passing and, and when you're a pro wrestling fan, you know, unfortunately you hear a lot um, probably, you know, honestly, being a fan of wrestling, possibly more than any other industry that you, you hear about people passing way too young. And um, for her to, to take her own life with someone who seemingly had uh, a lot left in the tank, a lot more she could offer this world. But, um, 
sadly she she passed away this week. Yeah, no, it was a very sad thing. And there are, there are a few uh, a few independent wrestlers that we both know that have had uh, interactions with Ashley, and she by all uh, by all mentions she was a sweetheart. And it, you know, it really is something because especially when you when you're an independent wrestler, you have the unique opportunity to uh, meet a lot of the folks that are in, you know big names in the pro wrestling world. And one thing that at least in my has been my experience is when you meet these folks, you, you really get that realization that, you know what, these folks are regular people. They are, they are everyday people. Yes, you see them on TV and to some they can seem larger than life. To some they are heroes. But when it all comes down to it, they are regular people with regular people problems. Uh, and maybe some special problems thrown in. But uh, in essence, you know, these folks have problems too. And, you know, all you can hope is you have, you have friends, you have loved ones, hell, even acquaintances. You know, check on people. Uh, talk to people. You know, make sure they're okay. It's, it, there's no, you know, you can Monday morning quarterback it all day, but I guess the message here is, you know, you really have to make sure everyone's okay. And it it is a really sad thing that, as you said, she was, had a good run in WWE. She was a a very attractive uh, person inside and out. And unfortunately, that light's been snuffed out. Yeah, and I'm really glad you you brought that up. And and again, like like early in the show, when I was talking about the raffles and, and raising money, and that that's the the good side of technology. Um, I do think the bad side of technology and and where we're at is that we don't we don't interact as people as much as as we should. And um, you know, just knowing, you know, checking in on someone, um, seeing how they are. Um, especially if you know they had a history of depression. Um, how, and again, I'm not I'm not pointing the finger or anything. And that way, yeah. I'm just saying the state of of the world today that you know let let us as as tragic as this is, like let's let's use Ashley as um as as someone that's like a, a benchmark moment, as someone that we you know when you move forward and someone like that, like you said, a lot of people we know knew her and said you know how sweet a woman she she was. Um, that we use that, that, Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I'm going to check in on my friends. That if there's someone that I haven't spoken to in quite some time, I'm going to make sure that I, I call them or I shoot them an email. I shoot them a, a phone call. You know, I'm going to ask them if they want to come and hang out. Um, you know, something like just to, just to improve that interpersonal connection so we can, we can connect with each other. I mean, uh, 39 years old is just way too young to be leaving this, this, uh, world, especially taking your own life. And, I think, you know, and again, I, I, I can't stress enough. I'm not pointing the finger, placing blame or anything, but I do think for all of us, when it comes to mental health and, and the mental health issues, and then perhaps even you want to say mental health crisis in this country, um, we really have to get away from the narrative of um, she seems so happy or he seems so happy or they, they, they seem to be doing great. And I know like a lot of the stories we're hearing is that she like, one of the last things she tweeted was how much she loved her fans and she was uh, getting ready to respond to a bunch of fan mail. And, um, you know, it's so tough to gauge. And that's why I, got, I can't stress enough that I'm not pointing the finger. But, you know, one of the phenomenons when people suffer from depression 
and they're contemplating suicide, that when they finally decide I'm going to kill myself, some individuals like have this like uptick in mood because they see like a finish line to the suffering. So it's shocking because a lot of times you'll hear someone kill themselves and friends and family, like they seem so happy. They seem like they were doing great. You hear stories like, you know, I think it was like, it was Chris Cornell. It may have been like when he, oh, he was doing so well. A lot of times, like it wasn't, who's the other guy, the other lead singer that there was another one recently that um, committed suicide. I'm not gonna remember his name now, but um, that his family was like, he was doing so well. And it's a lot of times it's when they decide I'm going to kill myself that it's like, finally, like it, it's, it's over. So there is kind of this mood, like, all right, like I'm happy now. Cause you know, tomorrow it all ends. Like I don't have to deal with what's going on up here anymore. It's over tomorrow. So all of a sudden your, your mood is elevated because you feel like the suffering. Um, thank you. Chester Benningfield from Lincoln park. Thank you, Scott Jones on the Facebook feed. Uh, yeah. I, and I'm pretty sure it was Chester Bennington that uh, his family said something. And no, it wasn't that they said there was a video of him either like the night of or the night before, like jovial, laughing, chuckling with his friends, just look like a guy full of life. And like the next day he killed himself. And it's just something that we need to, to be aware. We need to connect more with each other as, as people. Um, but we need to be aware. We can't use that as someone seems so happy. If someone suffers from depression you, and, and you know this, like check in on them, man, like see how they're doing. You haven't heard from them in a while. You know, ask them to go out, get that interpersonal relationship going. Um, you know, it, it's, I'm not saying we can save everybody, but maybe if, if all of us in the world start looking to uh, deeper our connections, real connections, not just liking shit on social media, but real connections, then, then maybe we can, we can prevent uh, more of these incidents uh, from happening. But um, very tragic. Again, 39 years old, way too young. So um, just thoughts to everyone who, who knew, who knew Ashley, friends and family, um, just very sad news. And it just, it sucks when you're talking pro wrestling um, when real life like this kind of enters the fold. Yeah. You know, uh, there's, there's plenty of folks in pro wrestling that have gone way before their time. And it seems in this business, you know, that, you know, more than a lot of businesses out there, uh, unfortunately we have, we seem to be having these talks too frequently. And it really, it's going to take a lot of introspection to figure out what exactly we can do so that we don't have this talk so often. Yeah. And I think it's just, it, it goes back to us looking at mental, I mean, there's definitely a mental health crisis in this country. And, you know, I think we need to, we need to be dealing with that a lot better as a society. You know, it is an issue sure. and, um, you know, too many people suffer in silence. And, and, you know, we need to, we all collectively, our society needs to, you know, we're, we're way too isolated and, and we're evolving as a species as like, we're getting more and more isolated. And what's, what's scary, like, look, I'm, I can be pretty isolated. Okay. I'm 47 years old. I've, I've gotten to the point in my life where like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting, I'm moving into that old curmudgeon phase of my life. So I'm allowed to like hate everything around me and want to be alone. But it, it's frightening to me when I, when I, and I know we make fun of millennials and, and, you know, because they deserve it, but, yeah. but that all aside, it, it is disconcerting when you see a group of like 20 somethings, you know, 
walking together somewhere, and they're all on, like, even together, they're isolated. They're all on their phones, like, where, you know, when I was that age, I couldn't wait to get out of the house and interact with, with my friends, and, and it's just, it's sad, and, and I could just imagine that if you have any sort of mental illness, if you're suffering from depression, technology and being absorbed into that and really closing yourself off cannot be helping. And that's where we, you know, we need to kind of shift the paradigm and, and, and change how we're looking at mental health in this country. Um, take the stigma off it. You know, when it comes to mental health, that's why I had a great conversation with my dad recently because my dad has a problem wrapping his brain around, you know, like, because it's mental. And so to, to my dad, it's like, well, stop. You know, like my dad, like, like he's, he suffers from depression. Well, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and get out of it, like. Like, it's hard for him to understand. Like, no, it's, it's the chemicals in your brain are not working the way they're supposed to be working. Like, if you have clinical, if you actually have clinical depression, you, you probably need a pharmaceutical. You need forms of therapy. You know, it, it's like if you had diabetes and so on. So why don't you just regulate your insulin? I can't. Like, I need medication. You know? So it, we need to look at, like, to take the stigma off it, uh, to, to connect with people. Um, and, and again, there's way too many people, whether it's Chester Benningfield, Chris Cornell, Ashley Massaro, I mean, too many of these greats um, committing suicide that we really need to take a hard look at, at how we're dealing with mental illness in this country and, and, and do a better job. So, again, thoughts to Ashley's family, um, you know, all of us. Just, just a sad, sad story. And it's so difficult, like, when you do a show like this. And we like to have fun and we... You know, to transition, though, from something as tragic as that to say, all right, let's talk wrestling. But we, we do our best, and we are, again, we talk about a lot of things uh, on the show. Uh, I joke, and who knows, maybe at some point we'll have the abortion discussion on the show. I'm not doing that tonight. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it could be interesting. Um, but, oh, hell yeah. But I'm all, like I said, the new version of the show, everything's, you know, everything's on the table. And hell, if someone called in and said, you know, no, talk about it. Like, all right, you know, let's go. But we're primarily a wrestling show. There's a pay-per-view tonight, WWE's Money in the Bank, where when you look at WWE, you look at the big four pay-per-views. Money in the Bank is kind of the one that's kind of, it's almost entered the fray. Like, if the WWE decides to label, like, the big five, like, Money in the Bank would have to be the fifth one. And on a lot of levels, I'm a wrestling traditionalist. There's the, the big four. It doesn't change. It's like the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> it doesn't change. Because some people be like, well, the big four now, it's Survivor Series is not one of the big four. It's just not. Money in the Bank's a big four. No. Shut up. Millennial. <laughs> the big four is always going to be the big four. The Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, those are the big four. I will admit, on some levels, in, in recent memory, uh, Survivor Series can be a little bit lackluster. I wish they, they did a whole pay-per-view with just Survivor Series matches. Yeah. That's what I would like to see. Um, so I get where the rationale is, that like, oh, Money in the Bank is now one of the big four, but tradition dictates that you're wrong. So, <laughs> But if they went to a big five, I think Money in the Bank would be added to it. I got to admit, this works, the pay-per-view, although I do miss the Money in the Bank ladder match being part of WrestleMania. I kind of like that. It was one of those things, like, every year going to WrestleMania, watch WrestleMania, had that, that Money in the Bank match to look forward to. And, and in all honesty, when you look at WrestleMania, it's almost like, I know there's no off-season, but you almost feel like, like if you look at, like, a, as, as a, like, TV, it's almost like 
a TV season ends at WrestleMania and the new season begins. Yeah. So so awarding like the the Money in the Bank winner at WrestleMania, I thought was cool for the new season. So as much as I like their Mania, I do think it works well as a pay per view. Um, lots of interesting stuff on the on this pay per view. Becky Lynch wrestling twice. Rollins versus Styles. Um, you hope that, I mean, it's got potential to be a classic. You got the Money in the Bank matches. You got Miz and McMahon in a steel cage match. We're going we're gonna to be all over the place with pay-per-view, okay? Again, we're changing things up on the show. In the past, we would go match by match, discuss, pick. We're not going to do that anymore. Um, we might talk about all the matches. We might not. We might very well go off on some goddamn tangent, and all of a sudden, we're, we're talking about Hillbilly Jim versus King Kong Bundy with a bunch of midgets. Like, who knows where the conversation's going to go? But um, we're just going to hit matches. We're going to talk about things. We're going to talk about booking and what we, we, we like, dislike. Uh, and maybe we'll get to all the matches. Maybe we won't. If there's a match you want to talk about, uh, by all means, like hook us up on uh, the Facebook Live thread or um, give us a call, 347-838-9815. But I'm curious. One thing I do want to talk about with you, and I really want to hit this, is, is the ladies. Because okay. I, think, I think the ladies, uh, it, it's pretty cool that like, – Ladies wrestling has, has been elevated to where it's at. I still am of the, the belief. I like what Becky Lynch is doing. I dig the character. On a lot of levels, I think the character has peaked. I think in ring, Becky's not even close to what Charlotte Flair is. Charlotte Flair, to me, is head and shoulders above what Becky Lynch is. But I get the Becky Lynch storyline. I think that's working. Um, Becky Lynch wrestling two matches tonight against Lacey Evans and Charlotte Flair, uh, putting each of her titles on the line, which I'm not crazy about her having two belts, but that's, that's besides the point. Um, for me, and this is where, you know, it's so interesting with wrestling, and I, and I know that, like, the millennial wrestling fan, if, if any millennials actually listen to the show, because all we do is bash them, yeah. but would be like, ooh, but I would have her lose both belts. Uh, that's big. Because I'm not one to predict that. I'm I'm not stupid to say, and I'm not putting money on it or anything. But booking, because nobody would see that coming. That's right. And, and that's that's, fair. that's the thing with pro wrestling right now that I think, to me, is missing a lot of time. Like I think people are going into this pay per view tonight, looking at those two matches, and and really thinking like it's almost like Becky Lynch has a safety net. Most fans are looking at that, thinking, "Oh my God, they wouldn't take both belts off her." You know, so they're thinking, all right, so, it's, you know, if, if Becky Lynch walks out of here with one championship belt, fine, she's still a champion, then someone else is champ. But I think it would be badass, especially how, like, Charlotte and, and Lacey, kind of these, these these big, muscular, buxom blondes that, like, both take the, 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 their respective titles off Becky Lynch. I think that would be awesome. I wouldn't predict that, but I think that would be key. I like Lacey Evans. I don't know where this character is going to go. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm curious also if you put the belt on her this soon, I'm curious to see how she would do with it. Because there are people that, you know, there are, you give them the ball, they run with it. And there are other, other people that are like, here's the ball. And they, they drop it before they get to the line of scrimmage. Um, I'd be really curious to see if, if Lacey was elevated to that stature. Um, you know, would she rise to the occasion? The other thing is you could do anything with that, though. You could have Becky win back one of the belts tomorrow night or Tuesday night. So there's anything you can do. You could have a short title run. But I just think that crowd, the internet, and look, and 
I will say that wrestling fans on online, WWE loves getting mentioned. So if you hate what happened, but you get out there, and you, they love that too. You're sure. better off just being quiet if you really hate what they're doing. But as long as you're getting publicity, yeah, no such thing as bad publicity. If 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 Becky Lynch lost both belts tonight, that would be that would be the number one trend on Twitter. Sure, it would be all over the place. Everyone and everyone would be hating on it. I would love it. Everyone else would be hating on it. Um, but I think that would be cool. I, I kind of I kind of think she's going to retain both. If I had to pick a uh, prediction, I, I'd say she's going to retain both, which to me is boring. Um, you know, you'll get your, your pop. The, the, the Becky Marks are going to love it. Uh, you know, Becky's hot. Although, again, I think she peaked already, which is why. And I honestly think Becky the chaser is better than Becky the champion. Um, so, and honestly, you want to screw her over in some way, have McMahon's involved in some way, do something where she loses and it's unfair, that would be even better. Pissed off Becky having to chase the title again, to me, I'm on board for that. But I, I see her retaining. I'm curious your thoughts on what Becky's been doing and her two matches on tonight's pay-per-view. Well, well, no. There's Becky two belts. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a garbage pal, kid. <laughs> But no, I'll be, I'll, I'm in agreement with you, Ken. I am loving what they're doing with this storyline. I, I'm a, I'm a Lacey Evans fan. I'm a Becky fan. I'm a Charlotte fan. I think all three of these ladies are doing very, very, very well and representing the uh, the women's division very well. Um, I see, I see your points. You make great points as to her dropping the belt. I also agree. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, and as far as Lacey, of course, those out there that know me will probably, uh, I, I will admit to my own biases as Lacey is a fellow Leatherneck. I'm happy to see a fellow Leatherneck doing well. Uh, I dig the character though. And I like the juxtaposition of, you know, you have Becky Lynch acting as the man asking, uh, acting, you know, She's taking on that role uh, of, you know, I shouldn't, I'm looking for the correct term, which is why I'm stumbling over my words, but basically she is taking a very masculine role. I am the man. And then you have on the other side of the coin, Lacey, who is taking the very traditional, you know, I am a lady. I do things like a lady. And, you know, it's almost that clash, uh, the, the clash of new versus old. It's the clash of masculinity versus femininity. Uh, I, I think that program works well. And honestly, no matter what happens uh, in, in Money in the Bank, I would like to see them do a program, you know, continue a program on their own. Nothing against Charlotte, because as you said, Ken, Charlotte is phenomenal in the ring. Not to uh, not take anything away from AJ Styles and his moniker, but. Charlotte Flair is phenomenal in the ring. She's proven that time and time again, and she is she just gets better every time. And she definitely has it. The, 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 the Ric Flair gene was passed down solidly to his daughter. And I think when it's, when it's all said and done and Charlotte wraps up her career, I would wager the bet that she will probably have more title reigns than her father did when, when it's all said and done. Um, but to, to put a bow on it, I don't think that they're going to drop it, that Becky's dropping any belts, but I would like to see her and Lacey continue with the program because I think 
the story writes itself as far as the, the clashes of, uh, of stances. I, I think you made a really good point, and I agree with you. I think, you know, I mean, look, it's different eras. We all know that if Hulkamania and Hulk Hogan was as, as popular today as he was in yesteryear, he would have had twice as many title runs. Sure. Um, you know, the title runs went for longer periods of time back in the day. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Charlotte's going to have more title runs than her dad. Um, it's amazing. I mean, she amazed me because when I first saw her, I was like, she doesn't have her dad's. And something clicked. Something clicked in her training where it was like, she just turned it around. And she's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like the, the point you brought up with, uh, especially in society nowadays. Um, and, and it's what I like about Lacey Evans and, and Becky is the subtlety of, of the, the statement that that match is making. I mean, right now in this country, we have, um, and we talked about on the show, there's a lot with, with transgender issues. There's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, alternate lifestyles and, 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 and gay rights and gay marriage and, uh, you know, traditional roles of women and, and all that stuff. And that's like on the forefront of, of where we are as a society. And, and in all honesty, what, what a lot of, again, Eileen laughed, but what, if you're like truly liberal, you need to be, you need to accept everybody. So if you're a woman that likes to dress in a traditionally, what, what women were traditionally, you want, you like to be very, very feminine. Well, good for you. Like that's your choice as much as if, is we're going to accept women that want to be men. You accept women that enjoy being very, very feminine. I mean, be whoever you want to be. I got, I got no problem. I'm not making any judgments. But I love that idea that without beating us over the head with it, without kind of looking at this this match and, and looking at this rivalry and kind of doing a, um, you know, transgender character somewhere or like, you know, look at women's rights or or kind of cite that sort of thing. They just made it very subtle, and you have. And, and to me, the subtlety is the, the greatness of the storytelling in, in today's society where all these issues are floating around almost on a daily basis. Um, and again, on a wrestling program, we talked about the transgender powerlifter, Mary, Greg, Mary Gregory, right? who, uh, who, by the way, had all her records stripped from her. Um, so she does not hold any powerlifting world records anymore. Um, so they wised up. Um, but, you know, it, it's interesting that, that like almost on a daily basis, there's and, and there's no right answer. That's why the, the debate gets so heated because I don't think anyone really knows what to do. But again, with like you're saying, some people don't need a voice with the internet and everything. Everyone thinks they have the answer, and the answer is much more complicated than anyone thinks. I love the subtlety in this. And you look at you have you have Becky the man versus Lacey, who is this traditional, very feminine-looking um, Southern Belle kind of vibe, and then you also have the man versus the queen. And, and I just think it's, it's really interesting where you're looking at um, the roles quote unquote of the traditional female versus um, how we've evolved as society over time. I think they've done a nice job at kind of hinting at the subtlety here without beating us over the head, which makes these matches very timely. Um, It makes these matches make sense storytelling wise. And um, you know, especially with Lacey, it, it gives you a, Almost like Becky being the 2019 female superstar, and Lacey on some levels almost like that WWE diva. 
Yeah. And and it, it I just like the the juxtaposition there. It's good stuff. Um, I don't know if you mentioned like what do you think is going to happen though? Do you think that they're going to have like I think it's going to keep both belts. Yeah, I, I I would tend to agree with that, uh, simply because it, it it solidifies her her role as a, a champion. Uh, I I don't I don't see there being a super long run with both belts. I think you get a lot more mileage uh, splitting those belts up. Uh, so. How do they accomplish that down the line? If they're keeping with the character and if they're treating Becky, uh, you know, as Stone Cold esque, uh, I foresee some some McMahon shenanigans somewhere down the line, uh, getting one of those belts off her, and that's just gonna, you know, it's gonna put heat on the McMahons and it's gonna elevate Becky that much more. Like you brought that point up earlier. Yeah, and when I, you know, it's interesting when you look at this because I, I'm, and I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that we're not looking at. Lacey as a placeholder and she loses to Becky and then she's dropped back into the shuffle. Like I, I, I think she's got a lot to offer and, and they do need to build across the board, male and female. They need to continue to build stars. Sure. Um, what's really interesting now is when you look at this, so having the two belts and let's say for argument's sake, we're right. So she retains both belts tonight. So Charlotte's not going anywhere. Yeah, sure. Okay. Charlotte's not going anywhere. Charlotte's the queen. Charlotte's, you know, she's going to be going after the title. She's going to be going after Becky. Lacey, not going anywhere. We're hoping. Oh. And then you're going to have the Money in the Bank winner. So a third person uh, perhaps involved here in going after Becky Lynch. I hope, I really hope, I, I one of the things I really hate in wrestling, and again, like we're supposed to believe this is real. We're supposed to believe this is a sporting event with a governing body. That, you know, things are legal and illegal. I'm hoping the field in the Money in the Bank stays that way. As much as I love Lacey and what she's doing, I do not want to see them book this match first. Lacey loses. Then she comes down, beats the shit out of one of the participants, and enters the Money in the Bank. That, that should not be allowed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's just like when you, when you think of, like, again, it's supposed to be real life. You know, I hate like, that shit in the Royal Rumble where it's like someone's not in the Rumble. They come out, they beat someone up, and they jump in. How? How, how is that like? How is that allowed? You should, you should have a referee inside with a Royal Rumble rule book. <laughs> <laughs> Flip it to it. Mm. Hold on a I second. Hold on. I, I don't know if that goes. I mean, could you imagine if that was real life? You know, it's like, you know, the CEO walks into his office. Someone like, you know, someone from the postal room just comes in like, oh, I'm the CEO now. Like, not the way life happens. So it would be great. If it would. Be. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it would be great. Maybe we should. Maybe they're actually. I'm wrong. Maybe they should just do that. But I, I'm hoping. I mean, I like the field. When you look at the the ladies' match, Natalia, I love. I like what they're doing. Dana Brooks, Naomi, Bailey, Mandy Rose, Ember Moon, Carmella, Nikki Cross. Um, honestly, everyone in that field outside of Bailey, I'm just bored with Bailey. Um. Anyone there, I'm cool with winning, um, winning the match. I'd like to see some look, – look, here's the, it's funny. Like, new blood, no blood. I would love to see Natalia win. I, 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 I did on board with that. And I'd love to see Natalia at least have one more run um, with a belt. Uh, I, I dig Natalia. I think she's, she's great. Uh, whether it's a SmackDown or Raw title, I would love to see that. And I'll say, I, with, when I look at the field, I, I'd really like to see what Dana Brooke would do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can definitely see Dana Brooke. Uh, I like what she's doing. Uh, as far as Natalia, you know, as much as I certainly don't 
you know, I don't mind Natalia, and I think she is awesome. Uh, I still think right now that she is kind of gearing for those uh, uh, for those tag team belts, you know, as the Diva of Doom with Death, uh, Divas of Doom with Beth Phoenix. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing her take those. Uh, but any, anyone on that list, anyone on that list, I can be. I know you're bored with Bailey. Uh, I'm, I'm not so bored with Bailey. I think she can probably use some refreshing. She can probably use another facet to her character. But I think I think she has it in her. Uh, but it just goes to show the the whole importance of the Money in the Bank pay per view. You know, it, it really is that is that gotcha that can make a, a whole make a storyline a good storyline great. You know, the 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 main example of making a good storyline great with a, that briefcase. I, I still go back to Rollins when he cashed in. Well, on the Brock versus yeah. Reigns match, no one saw it. No one saw it coming. Everyone was on their feet. The roof blew off, and it go. And on the other side of that spectrum, you have what they did with Baron Corbin, <laughs> which I, I I I don't know what you know. I I forgot. He I think he did screw. I think he did piss someone off in the back or, or something. But you know that you just. If you if you do that, you waste a whole bloody year. You just wasted a year on something. But I, I do like where this where the uh, ladies' money in the bank match could go. I like the possibilities. Well, and it's interesting because like with the Baron Corbin, and, and honestly, when it comes to money in the bank, um, the two guys I look at at, at the best, uh, Ziggler and Edge, were the guys. And to me, like Edge was the first guy that really was like, I'm gonna make this part of my character. And and really just did such a good job. And WWX, the pay-per-view starting, uh, throwing up a graphic for Ashley again. Uh, condolences to family and friends. Um, but I, I'm always curious with, you know, what goes on behind the scenes. I mean, the dirt sheets claim to know everything, and for the most part, they probably know nothing. Um, but where exactly individual talent ends, and creative and their influence begins you know what i mean like did did what did seth rollins go to someone you know at some point creative and say wouldn't it be cool if, if i cashed in in the main event at mania like was it rollins idea or to creative because we, we shit on creative enough true did true. creative decide that 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 day they're like hey, yeah yeah like did they go to rollins though and say you know what dude like why don't we do this so there's always that weird kind of like, did Corbin suck as, like, the briefcase holder, or was it creative, like, dealing him a bad hand? Like, it's so, it's, it's, I'm so curious, like, was the writing that great for Edge, or was Edge just that amazing at, at using that character, and creative would listen to him? So, it's, it's, it's so hard when you look at, like, wrestling in general, and, you know, you want to critique, and, and, and wrestling fans now, like, it's just, if their if their guy, um, if their guy does well, then it's like, yay him. And if their guy doesn't do well, it's like creative sucks. Like that's essentially, it's like Kevin Owens wins the title. Like, yeah, Kevin Owens rules. KO. And if Kevin Owens like loses tonight in, in a squash against Kofi, creative sucks, man. They're wasting your talent. Like Kevin Owens. <laughs> I wasted him, man. He should ask for his release and go to AEW because it's going to be so much better over there. So, so there's like that, that whole like kind of where, I don't know, like it's just weird. Like I'm I'm just so curious, like how that operates 
you know, in the inner workings in the WWE and like with, with like, you know, the money in the bank ladder match, like they, they, they grab all the women, sit them down and, and just like a group interview. So tell me why you think you deserve to be the money in the bank winner and what would you do with it? And like go around the room and be like, that's the most creative. We're going to give it to you. Uh, I, I find that fascinating. Yeah. Um, how much of it is the individual and how much of it is just creative saying, this is what you're going to do. You know, I, I definitely wouldn't mind being a fly in that wall. Yeah. That, that has to be one interesting meeting. Uh, but uh, to your point or to something that you said earlier, and, and again, I, I know on the show that we have trashed the IWC up and down because they deserve it. They do deserve it. But, you know, the, 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 newest, the newest phrase that, that you're going to hear, at least for the near future, is, well, as you said, you know, he should ask his, for his release and go to AEW or something. Like how many how many folks do you you know how many belts are are there out there? Do, do, do you think that just because you win you don't win somewhere that you win somewhere else? You know, do you, do you really think that you know they're going to shoot right up to the top? How how do you think this all works? Like some people you just you just want to like grab them and shake them a lot. Yeah, cause, I mean, because the thing is, right now, I mean, look, I love what they're doing. I love the pioneering spirit that. Uh, Cody has right now, Absolutely. and I, you know I love the fact that Jericho has gone over there and been like, you know what, screw it, I, I continue to reinvent myself. I think that's awesome. The Young Bucks, you know, I mean, I think it's great. They can fall flat on their face. There, there's not, there's not a guarantee that AEW is going to be a success. Um, you know, I mean, if I'm a betting man, I, I would look in that direction. I mean, I like where it's headed, but you know, in all honesty, like when when fans say things like that. It's like, hmm. Like, every fan who says something like that, I want you to think, if, if you have a job and not, you're not living in your mom's basement, like, mooching off of your parents' salaries, but if you have a job that, that pays you a, a decent wage, like, would you just up and leave for, like, a startup because it might be better? Yeah. And, and honestly, you're, you're probably going to make less money initially because how, how much money could they actually have? Um, unless you're Dean Ambrose. <laughs> it seems like they... they backed up the, the money truck for him. But, you know, that's a lot to say to someone like, wait, I'm in the WWE. Yeah, let me leave the biggest wrestling company on the planet and, and join a startup. Yeah. Like, that, when, you, when you make a comment like that, are you really thinking that through? And a lot of these people have families. They have people that are counting on them. Like, you really are just going to up and leave? So I, I wish AEW all the best, and I, and I, and I would I love to see AEW get to the level of WCW when we get, like, real, true competition, because I think the WWE needs that. I agree. Um, but, that's, you know, you're right, but it's become like the IWC punchline now. You should ask for his release. Anytime ask for his release. They're wasting that talent. Shinsuke Nakamura, ask for your release. Go to AEW. Stop. Just, just pump the brakes a little bit. Um, they have a job in pro wrestling that's, that's paying them a living wage. Um, and by the pay-per-view has started, the uh, ladies are coming out for the ladies' Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, so it's interesting. I'm going to, like, I think Mandy Rose got a legitimate shot winning this. I think Bailey has a good shot. I just don't want her to. <laughs> like, um, if, if I had to go, like, with my heart, it sucks. If I were my heart, I'd probably go with, like, Dana Brooke. I'd just like to see her um, with Natalia being a close second. Like, I'm, unfortunately, like, I really could see Bailey taking this. Um but I, I kind of would like to see, like, even like a Mandy Rose. Like, I want to see that Edge Ziggler kind of vibe. I don't want to see, like, happy, funny, you know, hug, hug, I'm a hugger. I'm a hugger, <laughs> Bailey, like, running around with a briefcase. Like, I want to I see, like, a, 
a sneaky bitch, like walking around with that. So uh, even Nikki well, Cross would yeah, be interesting about, like that. Yeah, I was about to say Nikki, Nikki Cross. I think you know she's a, she's a sleeper, uh, especially with her character. I could definitely see Nikki Cross running around with a briefcase. Yeah, and I think that would work for her character. I think it'd be great. But uh, who, if, if you pick somebody, who'd you pick? Um, I, I'll, look, I, I'll go on the limb. I'll stick with that one. I'll stick with Nikki. All right, let's go. You Nikki know, yeah, that's that, that's new blood, new character, and as I said, I think the briefcase would work with it. Yeah, and I think we do need. I mean, again, we talked about the ladies' division. I mean, you know, we like what Lacey Evans is doing. We have uh, Charlotte and, and Becky. Um, you know, giving a new face this briefcase, I, I think, would do a lot for the company and a lot for the the women's division. That, that's kind of why, you know. And I get it. Like, I know I say I love Natalia, but I get it. You're gonna build a fresh face, and I get not giving it to Natalia, but then don't give it to Bailey either. Let's give it to someone who, you know, and, and honestly, by that time, don't give it to Carmella. Like, yeah. Let's let's bring someone like really new into the mix and elevate someone else uh, to continue to elevate uh, this ladies' division. Ladies' division is awesome. Yeah. Um, but but like anything, you know, it's what have you done for me lately? You know, it, it takes a, you know, it doesn't take much for everything to turn. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, you want to keep moving forward. You don't want, you know, this women's evolution is definitely uh, moved in the right direction and done a, a ton for ladies wrestling because other, you know, the WWE does uh, other companies follow suit. Um, so women's wrestling is a big deal. It's a much bigger deal than it's ever been, uh, but you got to keep moving forward. You got to keep building stars. So, We'll see what happens as Natalia makes her way down to the ring. Like we got about 20 minutes left in the show. Like I don't know if they'll be done with entrances by the time uh, <laughs> no, we get done with the show. But uh, Natalia making her way down to the ring. Uh, I think a match on. What do you want to talk about? Any match on the card you want? Um. Oh, uh, by the way, by the way, before, before you, the Usos beat Daniel Bryan and uh, Rowan and Bryan um, tonight. So it's a non-title uh, matchup, but the Usos won. Usos, and then we'll get into not Usos. How underrated is, is are these guys as a tag team? To me, like, they should be ranked as one of the greatest tag teams of all time. I don't think they get nearly the credit they deserve. They're just amazing as a tag team. Well, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I say that as being one of the folks that, honestly, in the beginning when they were the, the baby face, you know, face painted, neon colors, jumping all around, I was not completely on board with that. No, I, was. I, I, I honestly wasn't. It, it, it was when they is when they made that heel turn and they really evolved those characters that it made me stand up and pay attention. I was like, holy smokes, these guys! You know, obviously their in ring work was great, but the character development I thought was phenomenal. Yeah, I want to, if someone, and I don't want this to be like cultural appropriation. And so I just at some point I want someone of Samoan descent, Polynesian descent, to teach me the haka. <laughs> I just want I want to learn. I think it's so cool. Like anytime I see anyone do that i'm just like that is just the coolest that if, if i have to like walk over coals or something before i do it or like there's some sort of ritual um just just let me know um but i, I would just be so interested in learning i actually be interested in just more and i read like i've read up on it but i would love to like sit down and talk and like really absorb the history behind it and everything but i just think it's it's so cool it's really it, it just like you look at them like oh like that must get you so pumped and ready to oh just i guess i love like the the old school uh usos i i love the heel turn i love the fact that they they tweaked their move set when they, they didn't make wholesale changes but they made changes that worked for the the, the heel chain the heel turn and um you know to me when when you look at the roster and you look at the wwe roster and you look at people uh talents that you'd say is a 
oh, that guy's a bona fide Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall. To me, the Usos are Hall of Famers. Well, yeah. As a tag team, the Usos should be Hall of Famers. They're not. When you say who on the roster is a bona fide Hall of Famer, the Usos are not the first name that jumps out at you. But to me, the Usos are Hall of Famers. Well, no, what they've done in the tag team division is is spectacular. And, you know, as you said, they were able to evolve those characters. They didn't change wholesale. They just tweaked it. And what they can do in the ring is absolutely amazing. Again, high flyers, but they, they fly when it matters. And they can still, even not off the top of the, you know, the top turnbuckle, even just on the mat, they're still freaking, they still innovate and make very creative moves. Nikki Cross is crazy. Yes, she is. <laughs> She's just spinning the ladder around the ring, taking everybody out. Uh, now Ember Moon and Dana Brooke are fighting over a ladder in the center of the squared circle. Oh, yeah, that's going to hurt. Um, so as the ladies' ladder match is underway. Um, but, uh, yeah, I asked you and then I interrupted you. That's kind of what I do here on the show is I ask for your opinion and I interrupt you. What, uh, pick a match you want to talk about. Well, there's one match that intrigues me, and that's uh, Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio. Simply be- because, A, you know, I think it's going to have to be a pretty big receipt that Samoa owes Rey for, you know, the what he handed him for WrestleMania. What was that, the quickest WrestleMania victory yeah. on the books? But uh, another f- interesting thing that really doesn't have to do with the match that I read recently, uh, if, you, if you read... A couple of dirt sheets. They talk about and said that his days, his days in business, and the word on the street is he wants to have his last match against. Uh, and now, I don't know if this is spoiling it or, well, this is what the dirt sheets say. Most of the health dirt sheets know, probably nothing. But in that match, he wants to lose to his son and hand down his mask and say, and that will be his exit. And that, I got to say, not only would be an intense match, but holy smokes, the, the weight you're putting on that kid's shoulders. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you, you better roll with this, kid. You really better roll with this. And if you do that, like, don't, don't give me, don't do the whole, like, Undertaker, take the hat off, take the jacket off, walk away. Oh, wait, how much money is Saudi Arabia offering? Hold on, I'll put, the, I'll put the hat back on, the jacket back on. So, like, if you take the – because that would be amazing. That's like a if you're a, if you're a wrestling fan, that's a tearjerker kind of kind of moment. So, I mean, good point. Do you think we have interference from the sun, a, a quote unquote heel turn from the sun tonight? Do we see something like that and some shenanigans, or what do you think? Oh, well, sh- you know, shenanigans. Uh, you know, you you and during the storyline, you've had uh, Samoa kind of mess with Dominic. Uh, do, do you see a possible run? Impossible. The, the kid's training from all accounts. The kid is a wrestler. He's trained. He's His dad has, has done his due diligence. And, you know, Rey Mysterio is such a, a phenomenal performer in his own right. I'm looking forward. You know, when I saw the match on WrestleMania, I was kind of excited for that kind of match because I thought both guys could really go. And then, you know, a little disappointing that, that it turned into right. a, you know, a, it was a squash. There's no other way to put it. It was an absolute squash. So I'm kind of – they're giving this to me again, and, you know, part of me is afraid for the whole squash thing, but part of me really wants to see it because I know both of those guys can really go at it in the ring, and I think it's a great juxtaposition of styles between race, you know, race, speed, delivery, and 
Joe being the beast that he is. I agree with you. Just a, a little bit of news. Just to, uh, you know, again, it's wrestling. Who knows? And it's Carmella, who's a manipulative bitch. Uh, Character-wise, I don't know. Um, but uh, awkward spot where she kind of took a ladder to the knee. Ooh. Trainers are out looking at her, and it was kind of an awkward. She was pushing Mandy Rose off of her, like, get away. And Mandy, like, kind of looked confused. Um, again, they could just be selling uh, kind of this, like, fake real injury, uh, a, a worked injury, if you will. But if you will. right now she is actually right now she's being helped off. Uh, they're, they're walking away from the ring uh, with two trainers and a referee. Uh, if I'm being honest and it, it did look awkward. Um, I'll put that out there. I'm leaning towards it still being a work, uh, but she is, she's walking up the ramp right now with two trainers and a referee. We'll see if she winds up running back to the ring. Um, if this is a work injury, good for them because the the spot did look awkward. She kind of okay. the the Mandy Rose kind of kicked the ladder into her, and like the ladder hit her like right in the knee, and her Ooh. knee kind of twisted awkwardly. So it did look awkward. So if this has worked, nice job, ladies. Um, as this match continues to go on, I agree. I mean, I think if they do Ray versus Son, like that would be something I'd look for, like for SummerSlam. Um, a moment like that, like taking the mask off and giving it to his son, uh, will be something special. Um, and I would just hope creative and everyone involved, that needs to be, they, we need a story. Oh, yeah. Um, and if this is something that's like winds up being a jumping off point for the story, I think there's a lot that could go into this match because is this a setup to start the Ray passing his the torch storyline? This is also, look, they're, they're starting, like, Samoa Joe is great, and I, I love Samoa Joe. Yeah. I, I do feel like a lot of his stay in the WWE has been a little bit of momentum, pump the brakes, a little momentum, pump the brakes. Like, where I think, I, to me, Samoa Joe is a main event type talent where he kind of gets close to, oh, is he, oh, let's pull him back. Like, oh, we're going to move on. And um, I, I think the build with him, lately has, has been decent. And, and finally we're starting to get like a real strong version of Samoa Joe. So I think this match could serve two purposes, continue to build upon, you know, how big a badass Samoa Joe is. And maybe we, we start to get the, the seeds planted or more of the seeds planted for Ray eventually hanging it up and passing the mantle down to his son. So if creative does it right, to me, like, I think Samoa Joe has to win this match. Ray, as, as long as Samoa Joe, like, beats Ray, it's a feather in his cap. Ray, need, Ray needs nothing. Ray is a legend. Again, we're talking Hall of Famers. True. Whatever a first ballot Hall of Famer means with the WWE, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's done a tremendous amount in this business, has nothing to prove, and doesn't need anything. Does not need any more gold. Does not need a title. Does not need that. He should be putting over talent that needs help getting over. So to me, you could, you could do a lot of creative and everyone plays their parts. Samoa Joe wins. Maybe we have some Dominic involvement and maybe we get the more seeds planted towards the passing of the torch, but this should be a great match. Well, yeah. Uh, and again, it's all up to creative. I think you could build one hell of a storyline. I, and you could trail this all the way up to SummerSlam. And I think it will be a phenomenal. If that's the finish, if the finish is, Ray, you know, Ray handing his mask down to his son, 
again, you know, you, you want to talk about, you know, WrestleMania, uh, obviously not a WrestleMania moment, but just a moment in itself. I think that's good enough to freaking sign up for that pay-per-view. Yeah, I agree with you. And right now, uh, Dana Brooke is setting up the ladder in the middle of the ring. Going up. She just pushed the ladder down on Nikki Cross, um, which also looked kind of awkward. Like, I think I just like to watch these matches. Like, it can't, it's got to suck, like, having just a ladder land on you. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be happy. And uh, Mandy Rose is up on top of the ladder trying to stop Dana Brooke. And Dana Brooke, oh, my God. She is hanging from the rafters. She's off the ladder, but she's hanging on to the chain that has the briefcase. Now she's got her footing back on the ladder. She gives uh, Mandy Rose a couple of hard rights to the head. They're battling on the top of the ladder, both of them, trying to grab that briefcase. And when they can't, again, exchanging blows. Mandy Rose's head bouncing against the top. Don't, don't injure her face. <laughs> Mandy Rose down off the ladder. Dana Brooks, she's, but she can't climb that one X. Ex- it, it's so like, you know, as athletic as wrestlers are, it is so difficult climbing a ladder. That whole step over step. Oh, and Nikki Cross just ran up the ladder. So she just blew that whole thing out of She actually barely was on the ladder, and somehow Nikki Cross, like, oh, my God. And then the whole ladder just topples. All right. Nikki Cross somehow ran past Bailey on the ladder. That, that's impressive. It was really cool. <laughs> so there are some wrestlers that know how to climb a ladder. Not everybody. Yeah, I think it's scientifically proven that, you know, wrestlers climb ladders, you know, 75% more slowly than your average yeah. person. I've always wanted, like, one of these days I'm going to get, like, someone, anyone out there who can film and edit and stuff, I just want to do, like, a sketch with uh, the pro wrestling contractor. <laughs> you know, and like you hire like pro wrestling contractor and they get out with their ladder and they're going to paint your house. And like, you know, the, the person that hired them comes out like an hour later and the, the person's still trying to like, like you haven't, you haven't started painting. Like I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to get up the ladder. Lunch. Exactly. <laughs> You're on your lunch break. I, I still couldn't get up the ladder. Uh, I'm almost there. I'm almost uh, there. <laughs> uh, I can't, oh, no, I can't get up. So now all the ladders are down. There's not one ladder. Mandy Rose, that's an ouchie on Ember Moon. Uh, Mandy Rose alone in the ring now uh, and not setting up a ladder for whatever reason. Um, okay, then great story, Tom. So anyway, as we're about eight minutes left, um, and I don't know how much we need to dissect this. I would have saved this match for like a SummerSlam or a Big Four pay-per-view. I think in the Money in the Bank, you you don't need necessarily to give us a classic or to give us, and maybe we can get something like some other setup, but Seth Rollins, AJ Styles is a match that like, you know, I mean, the, the, the IWC is spot welded to their keyboards at this point, once they book this match, but I would have liked to have seen it on a, a big four type pay-per-view and Carmella's making her way back to the ring. Uh, Mandy Rose m- makes her way out today. I was all work. Okay. <laughs> good work. So it was it was a good work. It was a decent work, and she's going after Mandy Rose with a vengeance. Um, but anyway, I think when when you look at Seth Rollins and even myself, not an IWC uh, proponent or supporter, um, but I look at that match being booked, I'm like, hell yeah, hell yeah, that's going to be a good match. Um, I think Seth Rollins is great. <laughs> like Carmelo, like limps down to the ring. Beats the shit out of Mandy Rose, like, and is totally fine, and then begins to, like, hobble again. <laughs> um, but this, I mean, I, maybe we have some shenanigans somewhere. In the, I, I think Seth Rollins retains. Um, I, I think AJ's had one of the, probably, you know, when you look at his first few years in the WWE, 
arguably the greatest run in the history oh, yeah. of WWE as far as okay. like your first few years. Um, I, I think Seth's got to keep that belt. Um, I think we're going to get a hell of a match. Um, again, I would have saved this match because I think the money in that, like this match is, is great. The ladies are like kicking ass. Um, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't think this pay-per-view needs like a, like a championship match that everyone's dying for. I think you have the two ladder matches. The two ladder matches are give you enough drama, enough like storytelling that you don't need a match of this magnitude. But hell, we're fans. I think we're going to enjoy it. Um, yeah, it's a money I, match. It's, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a great match. But I, I look at this match and I think Seth Rollins got to retain. Well, yeah, you know, especially coming down off of you know stomping Brock Lesnar into the mat. To to have him come off of that and then just drop to drop to uh, AJ, you know, not not taking anything away from AJ because as you said, his run, no pun intended, has been phenomenal, and the man has lived up to every expectation and exceeded every expectation. Uh, I just don't see uh, Rollins not retaining. I think it would be nuts. And you're right. It's a great point you bring up. Like, how do you? How do? You, wow, Mandy Rose is at the top of the ladder. She is at the top. Nobody there to like to. to oh wait, wait, wait! Here comes here comes Bailey. Uh-oh. God damn you, Bailey! <laughs> oh, and pushes her. Oh, now Bailey's all alone. For the love of God and all that is holy. Come on, someone knock her ever-loving hugger ass. Like no, stop it! God damn it! And Bailey is your Money in the Bank winner. Like, I went through the whole goddamn field. That was, like, the one that, like, the, the one that I didn't want. I was okay with, like, my pick being wrong as long as it, oh, Jesus Christ. You need a hug, Ken? Oh, jeez. Why don't we, why don't we just, uh, where's Sasha so she could run down and, and hit Bailey from behind so we can see more of Sasha and Bailey boring us to tears? I'll, I'll hug you if you need a hug. Stop it. I need a drink. <laughs> Jesus Christ, enough. Uh, so, like I said, this is the time to, like, uh, do something new. And I, I, I don't know. I'm done. I'm just done. Can I, can I be like the IWC? Come on! Not how I would have booked it. This sucked. You know what? Mandy Rose should quit and go to AEW. No, no, I don't a user. No user better. Ember Moon should quit and go to AEW. They're wasting your talent. <laughs> I don't know where that voice came from. It's like a little I, Brian Regan. I, I, I don't know, but every time I think of the IWC, now I'm going to hear that voice. <laughs> Not fair. Come on. You have now designated the IWC voice. I have. That's, a, that's the IWC voice now. What could be Naomi? Naomi would have better. She's got glowy shoes. It's so much more interesting. Bailey, she's a hugger. Stupid. Everyone should go to AEW. It's going to be better there. Breaking news. Breaking news. Producer Michelle literally just burst into the studio. It is breaking. It's breaking news for us. Three days, 21 hours, 33 minutes, 28 seconds, (laughs) until we are down the shore. Just wanted you all to know that. That's fair. Yeah, we're ready to get out of here. Um, Yeah, is it obvious that we all hate our real lives? (laughs) Hey, look, we all need a vacation. Yes. So, anyway, so Bailey, Bailey's yelling something into the mic. Uh, just stop it. I'm done. 
We got three. <laughs> we got three minutes left. I don't know what. What should we talk about? Well, I, I, I am. Know. I am interested. I am interested in the Reigns Elias match as well. I think that's going to be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be good. <laughs> Ken is just way too disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is. Ken really has left the building. His disappointment has stayed. This is the disappointment, Ken Reedy. I am. <laughs> It's funny because like I have this big smile on me. So if you're on Facebook Live, you're like, I can just fucking around, but like I'm doing. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> I'm very sad. I'm never watching wrestling again. That's it. That's it, man. Give him my subscription. No more. I'm not getting my money anymore. I should quit and go to AEW. I'm gonna quit and go to. I'm never watch this again until <laughs> the next pay per view. And then if. Bailey wins again, then I'm never watching again. But yeah, you know, and like, let's talk about. And this is this is where I have a problem. Um, I, I I'm not a big fan of Bailey. I, I I think she needs a character overhaul. I'm sick of the hugger thing. But I want to, and, and that's part of it. Like a Dana Brooke, a Dana Brooke chasing a Becky, chasing a, a Lacey, checking chasing a Charlotte. Like to me, it's like well, that would be interesting. And Dana Brooke is strong sob. Like I I, yeah. I kind of dig that. A Natalia, a veteran looking for. You know, one last title run, like going at, like to me, that's the story you, you can get behind. Uh, uh, a Naomi, a Mandy Rose, a New Moon, uh, a, a Mandy Rose being a new, a new face. Uh, Ember Moon, like an up and like all these people. I mean, even Carmella, who's got an edge to her. Um, when I look at those characters, I'm like, I can get behind that chase. I like now. I look at Bailey, and I'm like the, the chase bores me. I, I just, I, I, yeah. Like I, I. I <sighs> I really thought Nikki Cross would have been a great one to put it on because it just adds to the unpredictability of her character. I, I, I agree with you. I, I think that, that would be creatively, that would have been a really good choice. And also her because she's, you know, batshit crazy. Just yeah. having the briefcase as a weapon um, just would have been cool for a character as well. All right, blog talk radio woman, just tell me we got 60 seconds left in the show. So um, I don't know. It's a, we got like a minute left. I don't know like, if there's any other match like we really need to, to hit here, but. Uh, I'm looking forward to Roman Reigns live too. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have my temper tantrum here. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a solid match. I, I, you know, always been a Roman Reigns guy. Dig what he can do. I think it's going to be a hard hitting, fun match. Uh, you know, be, they, they, those guys should do a beard versus beard match. That would be interesting. Yeah, because I can't picture either one of them like completely cleanly shaven. Yeah, yeah, that would be a little weird. So, anyway, we got 20 seconds left next week. You know, it's funny. I'm going to play it by ear. I don't think we're doing a show next week. It's Memorial Day weekend. So, we don't see everyone have a great Memorial Day, safe Memorial Day. Um, but if the mood suits me and all of a sudden I happen to be home, we'll do the show. But if not, happy Memorial Day. For Rocky, I'm Ken. Enjoy the pay-per-view. And good night, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.